I just want to say thanks. That's like 250 seconds, like way, way too short of what happened in, in South Africa at Bethesda Outreach. Um, let's see, probably how long ago was it? Two months ago. Uh, and so as a team collectively, we want to say thank you for, for how much you gave um, prayers uh, financially. We, we couldn't have done it without Sailorville Church and a lot of you individually. And so we're, we come to this table tonight super thankful uh, for, for all of you and what God did. And so going back a little bit, I want to share quickly just how I got in this position, because honestly, let's be real, I'm the intern. How did I get in this position? And uh, it was probably eight or nine months ago, my wife and I got called into, I'm Curtis Johnson, by the way, I'm an intern here at Sailorville Church. <laughs> my wife and I get called into the office with Jason Jackson, and that can either be a good thing or that can be a bad thing, because my, he's my boss and he's my friend. So... We're like, oh, what's this? What's going to happen? And he shares that the leadership wants my wife and I and John and Kaylee, which John and Kaylee are here somewhere. John's another intern with me. He wants, they want us to lead this mission trip team. So I, we're, we're like, oh, yeah, where, where, where to? And uh, long story short, uh, we pray about it, and we find out that it's South Africa, Bethesda, and we're like, oh yeah, okay, okay, we, we can jump on board with that. And even longer story shorter, John got Kaylee pregnant, <laughs> which we are so thankful for and so excited for little Aslan. So then we have another meeting with Jason, and Jason says, well, guess what? It's going to be you. And I was like, oh boy. And so um, God really started right then at that moment working on my heart and challenging me, growing in his word, um, and, and getting ready to lead this crazy team of, of craziness and, and awesomeness. And uh, we get the privilege of really bouncing off of what we just experienced last weekend, which was Missions Conference. And we kind of, we kind of want to make this night in a little extension, like the, the better part of <laughs> Sailorville Missions and uh, conference and what it was, and just continue that going. And the goal here tonight is to highlight not just Bethesda Outreach, which I'll tell you about, but short-term missions and what you guys can do, because we, we were you, right? Yeah. And uh, we want to highlight how you guys can get involved. And, and it might not always be going, um, and, but we also want to have the emphasis on the orphan and the vulnerable child and what we learned at Bethesda, because that is so much of what Bethesda is. And, uh, and think about the ways that we are all on the mission field each and every day. So September 10th, we left. We specifically went to see Heather Rumley, uh, which she was in a couple of those pictures of that movie. And she is uh, a part of the school there at Bethesda, which Bethesda is kind of a, a two-facet ministry. They're, they have the school, um, which Bethesda children go to, as well as community children. And then Bethesda, what they're doing for orphans and vulnerable children is they have these house families, and they are supporting the family unit by having a mother and a father and these, what we might call foster kids of South Africa, get placed in these families, um, up to eight children. And so these parents are people who have some biological children, some don't. 
Um, but God has placed the call on their lives to minister to the orphan and vulnerable child through Bethesda. And it is a wild experience walking in those homes and seeing the mixture of what God has put together and how he ministers to all of those little children. But nobody can tell you better than these guys. And so I'm going to let them do most of the talking tonight. Um, but we want our emphasis to be more than just Bethesda. We, we want to we answer the question, why short-term missions? Why, why should I give my time, my a lot of money potentially, to short-term missions? And so each one of these guys has prepared a very intentional story of what happened at Bethesda and in South Africa while we were there and kind of how it relates to every other short-term missions. Now, obviously, everything is different. Um, every trip is, has different experiences, but there's, there's a lot of common themes. And a lot of these, um, I would say, scenarios are what grew us the most. So we're going to start all the way down there, and I want you to introduce yourself first. All right. <laughs> I'm Nicole Young, me and Preston. Preston's my husband. Um, we were part of the South Africa Sailorville 7 that went, and... I'm a little nervous, I'll just be honest. So if I'm shaking and I get emotional, this is normal for me. Um, I think the biggest thing when Curtis said, talk about something that had a huge impact on you. And I'm like, here's my list. Like, where do you want me to start? Because everything had just an enormous impact on me. But I think the biggest thing was like, when we walked in on that first meeting just to hear about South Africa, I mean, I was in. I wanted to go on a missions trip. But God already knew who he was sending. And I think that's the impact that got me because I didn't know he was sending me. There was even a point at which we gave up the trip because financially we just did not feel like we were going to be able to afford to go. And someone on the team actually called us up and said, I wanted to pay your um, deposit anonymously because I think you should go. And it was clear to us that God was, was opening that door. So in faith, we stepped out. We sent out our support letters. And of course, God just made our money come in like tenfold. It was insane. And it was just exciting. And then you know, like God's in this and God's preparing our hearts to go. And I think back, um, there's this story in the Old Testament where God is talking to Moses and he's telling him he's going to um, build a sanctuary. And he's preparing um, these certain men for the artistic detail of the sanctuary. And he tells them, I have put my spirit in them and I have given them intelligence and ability to do this. And I am going to do what I have commanded them. And I just think back. We were this crazy group. We're in different seasons of life. We have different um, backgrounds, but God used each of us so uniquely. If you watched the video, you saw, you probably didn't see me in as many of the pictures because I'm a photographer. And one of the biggest blessings was that I got to, which I didn't know ahead of time, was that they needed to update their family photos for the foster families at Bethesda. And one of the people that was gonna do it there was getting ready to go on um, on their furlough home. And so she didn't have a lot of time. She's like, it would be a huge blessing if you could do the family pictures for me. And for me, that was huge. That's what I do. I love that. And to move it further, I do graphic design. And she's like, 
could you design us a t-shirt for Bethesda to raise funds? And I said, sure, like absolutely on board. So God already knew what my, the talents he gave me, not even my own, just things he gave me would be used there. And I laughed because in the airport, we found out that Kate teaches Zumba. And I'm like, okay, you wouldn't think like, okay, God, use this talent, but he did in his own way. One day we got saddled with gym class for a bunch of kids. And this was like a last minute thing. Somebody got sick and they're like, can you guys teach gym class? And we all just kind of stared at each other, like teach gym class, but we have a Zumba instructor. Guess what we taught at gym class? Zumba. I mean, God knew ahead of time what each of the talents he'd given us. And he used us each so uniquely and so awesomely. And I loved it. But the biggest thing was it's more than just us. It wasn't seven people that went to South Africa. It was everybody praying. And we all needed support from home. Some of us had kids that needed someone watching them. Some of us had financial support that needed to happen. Some of us needed prayer. And without you guys praying and without you guys supporting financially and without you guys helping with our kids or just making sure that our kids were, I mean, I remember the morning that they waved at us from um, in here and it was just, that meant so much to us there. Um, so it's just, it's more than just us that go. So my encouragement is to be like Isaiah is when God says, who should I send? And he says, here I am, send me. Be willing to go. Be willing to support, but be willing to do whatever God is calling you to do in the task of missions, short-term missions trip. We just had foster care meeting this morning. Um, we have church plants coming. Be willing, because God is the one that equips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Preston Young. Um, you might know me as Nicole's husband. Um, I'm also better known. I also do want to say thanks to the church. Uh, you know, thanks to the, the folks who supported us. Thanks to our, our parents-in-law who, who watched our kids while we were gone. Um, I know that was probably a blast. Uh, thanks for Curtis and Lisa for leading the group. I mean, how awesome. I mean, you guys all know Curtis and Lisa. I mean, they're uh, just their uh, their warmth and and um, they're they're just they're infectious and so it was really cool to be to be led by them so it was really good so uh, for myself I mean there there was yeah so many things that you know it's hard to to say but um, you know the thing that that struck me the most is Bethesda has this great vision of of saying you know we're not going to be able to tackle this issue um, of abandoned children and um, and kids uh, who need to be adopted on our own, and they really see a vision of supporting local churches uh, to help them as well. So uh, we got to go and do a work project for a church. It's called Remote Say Baptist uh, Church, and it's in the middle of a very poor area. Uh, we got to do a work project for them, then we also got to uh, to go there on uh, Sunday and worship with them. And um, it, it was just cool because uh, I, you know, going there. And doing the work project, like we, their seats are old bus seats, and you know the building is kind of, uh, you know, not in the best shape, and those kind of things. And the first thing that goes through my head is like, oh, we could do all this work, you know, we could, we could fix this, or we could fix that, you know. And and I think what God taught me, and I was thinking about this today, is like the church physically was run down, but spiritually it was alive. Um, and so when we went there on Sunday, they were preaching the solid gospel, and it was so awesome to see them uh, worship and, and be so excited. And then uh, for us to just connect right away because we 
we worship the same God. Uh, I met uh, a guy named Joseph, and he's actually one of the house parents uh, in one of the homes, and, and he's like an elder there in the church, and, and this guy, he works at a job 72 hours a week. He's also leads a home with like 10 kids, and, and, and he was just awesome, and we've connected uh, via WhatsApp, and, and we pray for each other and stuff, but it, it was just cool like to, to meet people in South Africa, to see the, the work that God's already doing there, um, and to see this church. It, it definitely made a huge impression on me. Hi, I'm Kate Jurgensen. Um, I could say that I'm the youngest or the newest Christian of this group. Uh, I've only gave my life to Christ a little less than five years ago. And um, in the, it's, it changed me a lot, obviously, um, when I started coming here and, and turned my life over to Christ. And But I've been doing a lot of self-reflection lately on what I could do more. Um, I'm still pretty new at this, so I don't always feel super comfortable witnessing to others yet. I just don't have that confidence yet. And um, I work at a, I work at Iowa State. I'm an academic advisor up there. And it's a very public university, very secular, and I don't get very many opportunities to share Christ with my students. Um, if my students bring it up in my office, then I get all excited because they brought it up so then we can talk. But um, I'd been kind of feeling sad about that because I don't get much of a chance to be around what I um, godly people and when I heard about this trip coming up, I went to that informational meeting in April or whenever it was. And I just because I was really curious, I, I, I feel that I have some leadership skills in me, but I'm not that comfortable with my spoken words. I tend to really just hope that how I live shows others the light and that they would be curious about what has changed in me and then they would ask me about that. And I've had quite a few people have asked me over the last few years, but... When I went to this meeting, um, I saw that Curtis and Lisa were going to be the leaders, so that really solidified it for me because I knew that those two are such a light for this church, and I knew that I could learn so much from them, um, and I came to learn so much from every single one of these people, and I just absolutely loved every morning on our trip. Uh, we would get up around 6 a.m., 6.15-ish, you know, whatever, whenever I got up. Um, and we would be out in our team center living room, and we would all spend time quietly reading our Bibles or devotions just in a big group. Um, is that the picture yet? Oh, that's the Bible study. Um, that's a women's Bible study that we also did. I'll talk about that in a sec. But we would get up every morning and, yep, there's Curtis with his hood up and, yes, and Preston with the coffee, it looks like. <laughs> Making the coffee. It was a very important ministry that, that Preston had for us. Um, but we would spend every morning in the Word, and then after a little bit, we would share what we had read about that morning and where we were in the Bible, and then we would pray together, and we'd pray for our day, and we'd give thanks and blessings for all the experiences that we had had so far. And to me, as a new Christian, that was the most amazing couple of weeks I think I have ever had in my life. I, we were so unplugged from worldly things during those two weeks. If you have a chance, like I did, to go on a mission trip and unplug yourself from all worries and you know thinking about your job or um, worries back home and just focusing on the Lord and growing in the Lord, I, I, I would never give up this experience for anything, and I hope to have many, many more experiences like it. Um, we even 
we got a chance to sit in on a staff meeting uh, with the staff at the school, and I was so inspired and encouraged because they would start their meeting and praying for um, just people at Bethesda. You know, there was a little boy that had a ruptured eardrum. One of the house mothers is pregnant with her first baby and has had struggles getting pregnant. And just the chance to pray together, I, you don't get that where I work, you know, nothing against my job. But those two weeks, having that experience really, I really think changed me. I came home and I'm looking for other opportunities um, to shine and ways to reach out and to con continue growing in the Lord. And these people around me that I spent so much time with those two weeks and we loved on each other and we really we didn't really know each other before we went and now I consider them some of my best friends and um, just having this small part of my already huge church family it's it's such a wonderful experience that if you ever have some kind of experience or a chance like this to do it I really really encourage it I'm Becca Rodert um, I is there anybody else out there that's a control freak? No, it's just me. <laughs> okay. Um, so that was the big theme for me on this trip is God was, has been teaching me um, to give up control, to trust his timing, to trust his plan, even when it's hard, even when I don't have any idea what happens when I give this up, even when the path isn't clear. Um, and... That really came out on the trip, but it's interesting now to look back and see how God was preparing me for that from the very beginning. Um, my journey to get to South Africa um, started with a whole lot of doubt. Um, I was worried about leaving my kids. I was worried about, is my motivation right? Is my heart right? Am I going for the right reasons? Um, I was very prideful and did not want to ask for support. Um, and I had some very godly counsel in my life that um, just spoke truth to me um, that, number one, God can use you no matter what your motivation is. If you're going to spread the gospel, even if my motivation was self-serving, God can still use that. Um, asking for support, um, if you want to be humbled, go on a missions trip and ask for support because there is nothing more humbling than watching those checks come in from people that just you would never think would either have the resources or would um, take an interest in 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 this. And um, I think to go along with that, with what Nicole said, there's so many opportunities to be involved in short-term missions. And um, that was some counsel that was given to me is it's actually selfish to not ask for support because there's people who can't go or who won't go. And by allowing them to support you, you're bringing them with you. You are taking them on this journey with you. Um, and so my prayer going into this trip was I, I was ready to not go. I went to Curtis and said, there's just some things that have come up. I can't. I can't do it. And he said, let's just wait. Let's just give it a little time. And so my prayer became, God, if I'm not supposed to go, close the door. Make it just so clear that I'm not supposed to go. And... Um, a couple weeks in, I'd sent out my support letters, and nothing had come in. And so I'm like, oh, okay, the door must be closed. I'm not supposed to go. And the very next day, Curtis texted me. He's like, you had like $600 come in today. And it just kept going from there. Um, and I think the trip as a whole and short-term mission and missions in general is really about letting go of control. We had no control of life at home. We were leaving our kids. We were leaving our jobs. And there was nothing we could do about it. 
We just had to trust. Um, and being on this trip, we don't set the schedule. We didn't know. Every day was really, okay, God, whatever you have planned for us, equip us, give us strength. Curtis would say every morning, all right, you guys, we are at a whole new level of tired, a whole new level of exhaustion, and it just, it's really, God, use us. Like, that, that's all, that's what it comes down to. Um, and so, for me, it's, and God's still teaching me that, areas of my personal life, um, of just letting go and not knowing. Um, but it's so encouraging to look at the truths. You know, my God will supply every need according to his riches, not mine. It's not my plan, it's his riches. Um, and Ephesians 3.20, that he will provide so much more abundantly than you could ever imagine. If you just let go and you trust that God's plan is better than yours, he will just blow your mind. Hi, I'm Kenny Carlson. I'm, I'm a lot better with a spade and a pickaxe than, than with a microphone here, so you have to, have to give me a little bit. But I'm like these other guys. Uh, I've been, I'm at a different stage of life than some of them, but, but I had never been on a missions trip till I was 61. I'm 70 now, and this is my sixth trip. And the Lord blesses every time I go. I just, I've just, this was a great team, and Lisa and Curtis did a fantastic job leading us, and it was, it was a real, real blessing to go, and it always is. And I just appreciate the support. This is such a supportive church, and we just love because we love missions. This church loves missions, and it inspires me and inspires us to go because it's just a, just a great church, a great place to be, and we just made, you know. Make new friends. I, I love going because, well, there's a couple pictures there. See one there with Jonesy. You go, and I think the other guys, when we've been on missions trip, you get so close to some of the nationals. You work hand-to-hand and right with them out there. We were we were digging ditches and putting in a, using spades and pickaxes and stuff. But we worked hard, but yet you're close to everybody, and you get to know them, and you pray with them, and you get to just be friends with them. And I even left a couple hats and shirts, but they, they're just kind and friendly and loving and and another time we were there, I think we'd been there a couple nights, and their kids were playing some foosball and stuff, and, and one of the girls was getting a little ornery and mean stuff, so I thought, well, I'm going to use a little of my officiating skills and see if I can stop this. <laughs> it didn't go very far because she was, she was just, just kind of mean and, and hard to get along with. And, but, but through the week, you know, a couple times she, we played ball together, and then when we were getting ready to go, we were just getting ready to go, she came up and gave me this big hug and just just made the trip for me a big hug you know just some and that's just what missions are like you go there you think you're helping somebody and yet you're the one that gets blessed and I think everybody up here would would say the same thing and I don't know every trip is just a blessing these these people I'm up here with all of them just were so kind to me and just like they said in the mornings to get up in the mornings and have devotions and get away from work I work at a truck shop and I have for 40-some years, so you know what it's like sometimes. But to get up in the mornings and have devotions with a group like this and to work every day hand in hand and know that you're doing, this is of the Lord and the people you're with is of the Lord. It was just a blessing. And just, if anybody, if you ever have a chance to go on a missions trip, go, because it has always be a blessing. I have to thank my brother. I don't think I ever would have gone on one, but he put his finger in my face one time and said, Kenny, you need to go. And it's been a blessing every time. So just I would just encourage anybody to go if you think you can go or if you want to go. Just 
we, I would encourage you, we all would encourage you to go, and the Lord will bless you, and the Lord will use you. Um, I think mine would be, um, everybody has a story. Um, so you look at these kids, and, and there's a couple of them. I think my first picture, there's a girl that's looking down, and, oh, man, she was tough. Um, but she has a story. She had a background. She had um, hurts and pains that made it tough to love, that made it tough to open up. But you can see in my hand I'm holding a note, and she wrote me a little note at the end of the week um, just expressing her love. And she wouldn't look up for the picture, but she wanted one. Um, but just the reminder that sometimes those tough people in our lives and those tough people in our worlds, they're like that because they have a story. They have hurts in their background, and there's reasons sometimes why they are. And our circumstances shouldn't dictate the way that we live, but um, sometimes it does. And the other thing would just be uh, just the prejudice and pride that I had. Um, you know, that just gets so revealed on a missions trip. And you look at these women. I think one of the first days I was talking to these gals, and they were telling me how um, they grew up at Bethesda, loved the Lord, um, but had a baby girl, like, right away. And then they're back at serving. And, and, you know, my mind instantly is like, you love the Lord, and you have a baby girl, and you're not married. and you're, I mean, you know, your mind just goes that way. And talking with Andrew and Kate later, they were our missions leaders, and just saying that that is this world. If they can't prove that they have kids, then they're nothing. And so how to love them through that and not just put up these walls of like, well, you're done for, you know, I mean, you went off and did this. And, and it just really opens your eyes to see, to, to just don't look at things the way that they're perceived. I mean, you look at this trip and I'm just so thankful for these people. I mean, they let Curtis, a 25 year old, they didn't judge him for being 25. I mean, they just, which is such a blessing. Like we can all come together. We can all work together, age, whatever our age, whatever our race, whatever walk of life that we're in, married, not married, single. Um, we all have a common base and it's in Christ. And um, we're all the greater for it, for all of our differences and and definitely grew through those kids and through those, those stories and, and pouring into their eyes and listening. Learned so much from just listening to those people. We woke up the uh, first morning, and I went out, and Preston was our coffee maker, as he, as someone already alluded to, and there was coffee waiting, and I, I opened up my Bible to Ephesians, and, and we as a team uh, beforehand had been going through the book of Philippians because we knew that we were going to start studying it here at church, and I was like, Let, let's get a jump start, and, and Ephesians, or Philippians is a, is a great book, and so, but... And so I had been spending time every morning in Philippians, and I'm like, I'm just going to go to Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter 1, Paul talks about how God has predestined us to adoptions, to adoption as, as sons. As, as heirs of Christ, we, we are adopted. And the night before, I read that, and I just kind of like, oh, wow, like, I'm, I'm around people who who need adopted, who need, who need a mom, who need a dad. I mean, the percentage is, is, is outrageous of, of who doesn't even have a dad on their birth certificate. So these, these kids are getting placed in these homes with dads, and it's kind of like, how do you even explain a dad? And uh, so the night before, we had sat with each of the families. They split us up into groups of like two to three, and we, we were eating with the families, and getting to know them, and this is, this is actually a picture in the team center of, of when a family came to us and we got to cook dinner for them. But I, 
I was so struck at how I walked into that house. Lisa and I got to go into the, the family's house together. This whole house is centered around this massive table. And they have two seats just for us. And I thought, whoa, what a picture that is of Christ. And he, he's got those two seats for us. He's got that seat at the table for us. And he's, and he's got that for these kids. And um, Bethesda's heart is totally orphans and vulnerable children and what they can do for those kids of South Africa. So real quick, I want to put up a graphic. It's, it's a funnel. And we wouldn't be doing justice if we didn't, to, to Bethesda, if we, if we didn't talk about foster care real quick here back at home. Because the thing that they, they emphasize to us, if, if, if the call is to do something for orphan and vulnerable children, if you have to do something, what is your one thing? And we, and, and we had a night where we all had to sit down and we had to ask ourselves that question. If, if I have to do something for a vulnerable child or an orphan, and if that's the command that God gives me, what's it going to be? And uh, this funnel was the easiest way I could, I could explain it. And as you see, that top, that top tier is the easiest level of engagement. It's, it's very wide. And... Uh, it's a, it's a short-term commitment. It doesn't always involve interaction with, with children, maybe. But I think it's the way we most can be involved with children. It's, it's things like maybe buying presents for uh, those kids who you know, for the family here that is fostering. You know, they, they just added maybe two or three extra kids to their home. It's things like buying school supplies, meeting physical needs, like extra clothes, maybe furniture to meet the qualifications to, to even be a foster parent, making meals, but most of all, praying. It's, it's a very wide, broad category that we, that, that we all can be, and we've all asked ourselves, what, what, what is it? What do, you, what do you have? But then we move to the, the mid-funnel, which, which the investment increases. It, the time increase, the, the investment level goes up, you're maybe starting to interact with some of these kids and their families. And, and sometimes there's some training involved with this section. Uh, it's things like core advocacy, volunteering at camps for kids in care, mentoring and other social work care. But as you start to move down, you get more specific. And then that bottom tier of the funnel is that long-term commitment that ultimately everybody's asking and saying, is, is foster care for me? Could I actually be a foster parent, or maybe even adopt through foster care. And so I want, I want you guys to look at that and see where, where, where necessarily do I fit in there? Or where do I need to start? Because if the command is to do something, what's your one thing? And uh, to kind of close out the night, I want to bring it home because... We're, we're coming, we, we, we talked about this in Africa. We're coming home to a church that already is doing foster care really, really well. And so I want to bring Megan and Jason Boyd, which I have no idea where they are. They're going to they're gonna head up here real quick. And uh, Megan and Jason are heading up the, the ministry that we have here at Sailorville already uh, and kind of being the face of it. So I wanted you guys to see their faces. We're gonna, I'm going to give this to you. You're going to stay way over there. Are you scared? You don't, you don't have to be nervous. 
And then I've just got three quick questions kind of to whet your appetite as to what God is already doing here and what, what you can do to get involved. So the first question being, what does foster care ministry already look like here at Sailorville? Am I on? I think so. Okay. Uh, currently, we approximate about 10 to 15 families who are licensed that come here to church. Um, do anything from um, respite care to taking long-term placements to do doing emergency placements. Um, this morning we did host uh, the informational meeting for foster care, uh, which was wonderful. We would love to see that happen again, and we'd love to see more families from this church step up and um, become foster parents. Can you answer how, how did you guys specifically get into foster care as a couple? That's a fun story. Um, <laughs> So we wanted a few children, and God blessed us with two, and it was a little difficult for us. So we, um, during that transition time of do we have more children or, or not, uh, we, Tim and Renee McLeod, I think many of you know, um, we started talking to them, and they taught us a lot about foster care and the need. Um, so at that period of time for us, God just started changing our hearts, and um, we just started learning about the need that's right here, right here at home. And so um, we have adopted one through foster care. We are hoping for more, but um, it's more just how God leads for us. So. Cool. Lisa, myself, and actually Preston and Nicole were in the informational meeting this morning, and these guys rocked it. Uh, but it... It's crazy to me the dynamic as a couple that was even shared in the meeting of just how much of a commitment it is as a couple to take that giant step of, of foster care. The last question, which is uh, maybe not what you expect to hear, but what do you do if foster care is not for you? For those people thinking, no way, I could never do foster care. How can they still be involved? How can they minister to the families that are? Foster care is definitely not for everyone. You have to um, have broad shoulders to deal with the system for sure. Um, prayer is the biggest thing, I would say. We're dealing with a very broken system and it has a lot of worldly views. And so um, prayer is huge. Um, at times, we don't know what calls we're going to get, what kind of children we're going to have in our home. So we might not have all the resources we need for those kids. Um, sometimes we need clothing. Sometimes we need dressers, and again, we don't always know what we need until we have that child in our home. Um, a few months ago, Jason and I did start um, a Facebook group, actually, for Sailorville and the Engage Network for foster families and uh, just church members where um, the foster families can share their needs, and then the, um, for people who you know, don't feel the calling to foster care can, you know, step in and kind of keep afloat with what's going on in the foster families in the church. Oh, the group's Ephesians 3.20, which we thought was really good with the verse. You mm. That's what the Facebook group is called? Yeah. So if you search yeah. Ephesians 3.20. Cool. Well, let's give uh, Megan and Jason a round of applause. I, uh, I asked, you guys can go sit. I don't want to make you more nervous. I asked them the beginning of this week, and I, I just didn't feel right not bringing up a face so you guys can see and know. If there's questions, go to Megan and Jason. They're the gurus, and uh, we're all dealing with it in our hearts, asking the questions of, of what, does God, what does God have for us in foster care, and how can we help? 
But I want, I want to close tonight just, just asking two questions because the night has kind of had two purposes. Number one is, are you willing to pursue missions? Um, we came off amazing. I, my mind goes to Christy Walker and uh, when she charged us last Sunday night to think outside the box. Maybe you're not going to be one of us that goes. I, I know there's a trip actually going to Germany. Maybe you're not going to be the one that goes to Germany. But how can you serve those around you? And what, what has God called you to each and every day? And, and how has he called you? The, the second charge she made to us was to be uncomfortable. And how, how, are, you, how are you praying that God does that? And the second, the second thing I want you to walk away asking is, if we're all called to do something with orphans and vulnerable child, then, then what's, what's your one thing? What, what can I do? What can we do as a couple? What, what can this group do? And, and I tell you, the conversations that we've had as a, as a result of this short-term missions trip, God has grown me in my heart and us as a couple just by, from, these, from these individuals, these lovely individuals. And uh, we, again, just want to say thanks so much for all that you gave us and um, the money, the prayers, all of it. Uh, because we couldn't have done it without a church that, number one, makes missions important, um, and then and number two, actually follows through on that. And so we're just, we come with full hearts, and thanks for letting us share our story, and I'm going to close, and then we can, we can call it a night. God, uh, thank you for your goodness, your mercy to us, God, and just a reminder that we are all adopted in you, and, and we have a name in you, and God, with that comes um, an inheritance that is immeasurable. And I pray that uh, just as you've worked in this team, I pray that you'd be working in the hearts of those people that are here tonight. Let them ask their, themselves the questions of, of, God, how do you have me serving? What do you have me doing? And could I, could I give? Could I go? Um, or could I be a better witness at home where I, where I am to those around me, where I work? And... Uh, but also coming back from Bethesda, God, I pray that as we all ask the question of what, what do you have for us with, uh, with orphans and vulnerable children, I pray that uh, you'd give a strength and clarity and, and God bless the ministry here that is already going. So many families that are serving and loving children and, and that are in need, that are hurting and, and coming from very broken situations. God, you've picked us all up out of broken situations, and I pray that um, that would be an ever reminder in our hearts and in our minds. God, thanks for tonight. I thank you for the, the chances to recount your goodness um, in our lives and, and, and in the lives of those in South Africa and what you're doing there in South Africa and in the kingdom abroad. Uh, may your name go forth to every nation. God, we love you. Help us love you more, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, you're dismissed.